That sounds like, who's that creeping in your window? Ha, who's that? Siri, fool. I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome into episode number 299 of the allegedly award nominated honorably mentioned number nine ncaa ranked number one podcast on spotify for five of you out there and of course viewable on youtube outside the box podcast the official lacrosse podcast on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network it's kb coming at you from underground studios and joining me from his uh bright bright box it is the man, the myth, the legend, my man Deej. What up? We are in the building, and happy opening NL week to all who observe. I couldn't be happier for lacrosse to be back. It is wild that it is already opening weekend for the NLL. We had our nice little reprieve of just like regrouping and refreshing ourselves, but. Our true grind starts now, Deej. From December to September, we are locked the f- in. <laughs> Let's go, baby. <laughs> We're going to dive into uh, NLL Week 1. Picks of a week are back. We're going to talk about uh, a huge NLL collaboration that was announced today as we record this on Thursday. Uh, and then we'll get into the PLL hot stove, if you will. Um, leave a comment in the YouTube comment section of what we should call that because we don't know if Major League Baseball has a trademark on hot stove as a term, but uh, we need something for the PLL offseason uh, news and everything. So let us know a, a synonym for hot stove that we could potentially use to talk about this juicy PLL offseason news that's going crazy, including just all-out news from the Maryland Whipsnakes and the Boston Cannons. It's still weird saying the cities with those teams, and I feel like I'm going to revert to calling them Whipsnakes Lacrosse Club and all the original teams as Lacrosse Club uh, until further notice, but that's just me. Um, we are also planning on doing a full-on like review probably starting next week. Um being that it is now finally out and all five episodes are out of War on the Floor, which is the San Diego Seals Amazon Prime docuseries, um, which is just a huge asset to the sport in general that a docuseries on lacrosse as a whole and then the NLL 
uh, with the San Diego Seals is available to watch if you have a Prime Video uh, subscription or an Amazon Prime subscription. Not that Amazon is a sponsor, but Mr. Bezos, if you want to come true with, with a little bling bling, a little chucky wecky, we are not uh, <laughs> going to turn that down at all. Um, but we got a lot to dive into. We're excited. NLL is back. If you're going to be on Long Island this weekend, I will be there. It feels like everybody who covers the sport is going to be there for the Riptide and the Wings, uh, which is the nightcap game of the weekend. It is the final game of the weekend, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time start, which is typically all Riptide home games. Um, very excited to be there for that one. Uh, catch up with a bunch of the homies that work for the Riptide catch up with the wings and catch up with some national media folk as well but before we get into all of the goodness we have on this episode make sure you guys are following us on the socials at otb Laxpod, twitter instagram tiktok threads facebook.com slash underground sports phi you can follow deej on twitter at scs underscore next great uh and just tweet at deej to tell him to get back on instagram because there's some funny clips i invited him as a collaborator for and i continue to forget that he deleted instagram off his phone we need deej back on instagram so we can get those numbies popping <laughs> every time i log into instagram on a on a uh browser i have like 45 million <laughs> million notifications because i haven't been on in weeks <laughs> everyone I need you to tweet at Deej a virtual hug gif because the way this man be tweeting is like literal draking and driving tweets. Nah, I didn't even like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's if you took draking and driving and personified it like you're in third grade English class. That is some of Deej's tweets and it gets me highly concerned because sometimes I just feel like my boy, my co-host... My brother just needs a hug. I mean, hugs all go a long way. I I will never turn down a hug. You can give me a virtual one or a real one. Pull up on me. I tell that to CFO Margie all the time. I walk up to her and I'm like, I need this. I was like, I need this more than I did when I was an infant. You don't understand what a hug does for my mental well-being. To which then seven seconds later, she's like, all right, get off me. She's not here for it at all. No love. It's so in the funny. House. It's so. I'm like, doesn't this feel nice? Doesn't this feel no. great? It's so. It's so uplifting for my mental health. It's absurd. This is how broken we are as millennials. Um, the hug changes the whole day. The whole. It could change the whole week, honestly. <laughs> you know what? The month. The whole month. Hashtag One free hugs. <laughs> Hashtag free hugs. I'll make a shirt. Yes. Yes, we need like tie dye, yellow and teal. Just hashtag free hugs. I'd wear that so much. A hundred go out. I'd be like <laughs> free hugs. You'd have twelve year olds juking you and then come up from behind you and wrap you up like they're a linebacker. <laughs> they love doing that too. Right? They love trying to break people's ankles for no reason. No reason. And then, and then try and tear your ACLs, dragging you down. It's like, bro, I'm a retired high school athlete. You're not You're not doing nothing. I got you beat there. I'm a retired college athlete. Yeah. My prime peaked at 18. 
I'd be feeling every little bit of that. Yep. Young four years was a long four years. These 30 years have been wild on the body. <laughs> hey, I'm almost there. Hey, you still got some time. Enjoy that youth. Uh, I'm trying. <laughs> but tweet at DJ. Get back on Instagram with a hashtag free hugs gif. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at KBICCL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Deej, I forget. Are you a Spotify or Apple Music guy? Uh, I'm one of those people who's taking advantage of the student portal and has both because they're cheap. Valid. Um, we got our Spotify wrapped uh, for OTB. And just want to give a shout out to everybody uh, who tunes into the pod on Spotify Every single week, uh, this show means a lot to me personally because it was our first like full fledged like spinoff along with Top Bins and uh, really changed the trajectory of this company. And it allowed me to meet Deej in Boston. What a city! Um, and it allows us to talk about a growing sport and grow alongside it each and every week. And to see these numbers in Spotify wrapped this week, Deej, uh, we had almost 4,000 minutes created year over year. Uh, our top country was the U.S., but here's the fun part about that. 53% of our listeners were from the U.S., so we are like f almost 50-50 split, like home and global, which is really, really cool. Um, we had a 20% increase in followers. And five of you sickos, your number one podcast of the year was outside the box. 14 of you sickos, we were in your top five. And 32 of you sickos, we were in your top ten. Just can't thank you guys enough. It means the world to us. Um, it's really cool seeing that, too, because it's like of all the podcasts that are out there in the world, too, to listen to, whether it's sports, comedy, news, pop culture, whatever it may be, like five of you you made us your number one 32 of you we were in your top 10 14 of you were in the top five um it's really really cool we're very very thankful very very appreciative our whole company is because as this show grows all of our other brands are able to grow and do really cool stuff um and it was very on brand that our top episode of the year was episode 282 which was our PLL Minnesota preview, which was really cool because that was Indigenous Heritage Weekend. Um, and that was Brendan Nickturn's return. And that was the origin story of DJ going to Alaska. That is yeah. living, breathing proof that the bit worked. <laughs> it, in fact, worked. It worked. I told my mom about that the other day, and she was like, what? I was like... <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. You don't get it. It's okay. Just know I spent some time in Alaska. So I think because of this, it's only right that we pull Trig and make Alaska Lacrosse Club merch. Yes. Yes. And if the people have it the money worked. for me, I'll put together an Alaska Lacrosse Club Vail team to play in the Vail tournament next year. We can go out. We can represent a. You and I are going to hop on a call either this weekend or next weekend and mock up this design, get it over to our awesome merch partners, Um, which don't worry. I, I had a bunch of people reach out about the duck merch. I know it's still not up. We're working on getting it up. Don't worry. As soon as it's up, 
you'll know as long as you're following us. Um, Because I'm going to get some. Oh, 100%. I'm wearing that everywhere. Uh, Um, But we are mocking up Alaska Lacrosse Club merch. Yes, we got to get that over to Jerry. Get us some pennies for that tournament, too. I'd be seeing what Pro Athletics be doing. Pro Athletics, Jerry, if you want to sponsor us. Hit us up. We are more than open to work with the legend himself, Jerry Raganese. Absolutely. 100%. Then we can really get that um, hot sauce going. Newman Nukes, big baby. Facts. Bro, speaking of hot sauce, uh, I was in Philly on Tuesday, which if you guys didn't see, uh, I brought the first Philly Water Dogs hat to the top of the art museum steps. Um, can confirm because the Water Dogs retweeted. Retweets may or may not uh, align with what they believe in, but I'm going to choose that it does. <laughs> um there's like a Christmas village in like center city that I went to, uh, with my good pals, Vicky Cox and her fiance, Tyler. Um, there was a hot sauce spot that the like main ingredient was like using pickles and like pickled stuff for the hot sauce. And I'd never seen anything like it before, but it was the coolest like concept in my brain. I was like, that's dope. They also had a hoagie one that it was banana peppers to give you the full hoagie experience and give you that hoagie mouth for all you Philly sickos out there. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> we go I was like, that is such a dope concept. I need I need some of that. We went to slide there. Um there is a local hot sauce company that I'm trying to get us to partner with which would be very dope because then we could work with them as well i know we can't use other people's slogans but for certain hot sauce companies that may or may not be listening i put that on everything (laughs) oh (laughs) it will be he put that thing on everything (laughs) it will be a definite partnership that will work out for you because i will use it and talk about it all the time um so yeah hit us up especially jerry um subscribe to the youtube channel as well youtube.com slash at underground but again before i even but thank you again guys for uh listening to us year over year on spotify to see the growth every year too is insane um so if we ended up in your spotify wrapped tweet it at us share it with us tag us on instagram we want to see all that good stuff we love seeing that um really means a lot to us and like we have one of the coolest jobs on the face of the earth so thank you guys uh and continue subscribing to the youtube channel as well youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia we hit our end of november goal and then some deej we're at 656 subscribers cross 650 try like is it out of the question to get to 750 before the end of the year no 750 plus let's keep it rolling go subscribe youtube.com slash at underground sports philadelphia that's where you get full video episodes of this show every single week if you want OTB radio, you got to subscribe. Uh, we put that clip out there too. So go subscribe, youtube.com slash at underground sports Philadelphia. And of course, get your merch, get your merch, get your merch because they are bringing you our NLL week one preview. PHI Apparel Company, the best merch partners we've ever had. Simply the best. If you want to stand out in the crowd all NLL season long, PLL season long, 
college season long, year round, honestly. Go get your merch. The Duck merch is coming. We promise you that. Uh, the OTB logo shirt and the OTB hoodies available now. Um, phiapparel.co. And whenever you go to check out, whenever you go to check out 365 days a year or in a leap year 366, go to phiapparel.co, fill up that cart, use code underground for 10% off any and all merch orders. It's the most effective and direct way to support us and everything we're doing. If you want DJ and I to go to some of these NLL stadiums across the the league and take in some games, if you get merch, it really does help us potentially be able to do that. I know I've had some people DMing us on Instagram and Twitter saying, we'd love to have you out at X Stadium. If you get your merch, that really helps us with, with potential travel to some of these games. Like Philly and New York is easy for me because – Riptide Stadium's about three hours away, so that's very drivable for me. And then Philly is obviously my backyard. But, you know, Deej has aspirations to get to Toronto. He has aspirations to go to Halifax. He wants to He wants to go see these stadiums. I mean, both of us would love to see a game at Banditland. We want to go to the West Coast. Taking a game at the Loud House. Loud. I mean, we want to go to a growing market like Panther City. Get your merch, phiapparel.co, code underground, 10% off your order. Deej, NLL Week 1 is here. We've got five games for face-off weekend that kick off on Friday. We've got three games, uh, and we've got two on Saturday, featuring both of our squads on Saturday as well. Um, we'll do like we do every year. If you're new to the show, we preview each game in a kind of quick hit manner, kind of give our, our keys to the game. If a car dealership wants to sponsor us, hit us up. Um, and then we obviously have our pick segment later on in the show where we pick each winner. We tabulate that throughout the entire year, uh, and figure out who is the king of the castle of picks where Deej has won every NLL season since he has been the permanent co-host of the show, and I have won every PLL season, which is should be the complete polar opposite, but it's very funny that it isn't. Um, but, Deej, these are the games this weekend. We get things started off, shockingly, a 7 p.m. Eastern time start instead of a 6 p.m. Eastern time start like it normally is uh, because it's in Halifax and they're an hour ahead of Eastern Standard Time, but... Uh, the one of the predominant old school for everybody listening air quotes there because we're unified standings now, but uh, cross coast uh, Canadian matchups. We got Saskatchewan and Halifax, which I got to say with Saskatchewan's uh, mascot rebrand, this is an elite mascot matchup. Crazy. Like I'm just looking at the logos and they yes. look great, but like, going to be able to see kind of how the jerseys look against each other and then i i really wish there were more nll mascots who could travel and, mm -hmm. and just seeing the mascots interact with each other at games would be awesome we and need mascots have birthdays this would be one where like them interacting with each other would be top notch like i think those two mascots uh wingston from the wings eddie from the riptide and 
trying to think of other teams that have mascots that are actually good and not nightmare fuel. Oh, Vancouver's new mascot, the the Bigfoot Sasquatch. I think those are like top five probably across the league if I had to go off rip off the top of my head. Easy, easy. There might be one or two that could like have a good conversation for it, but we know which two are not in yes. that conversation. <laughs> By far. Toronto well, and we know Mar- which three. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> there's one up in upstate New York that is. Um, but Saskatchewan Halifax is the first game, and then we have a nightcap doubleheader. Two 10 o'clock Eastern time games as uh, we have the battle of <laughs> of the Dogs. We got the Albany Firewolves and the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. Um, the the adjective canines that should be that should be those twos like like you know how we call the water dogs the hydro pups they're the adjective canines. <laughs> I love that. Love that new name. <laughs> New names right there for both teams. Uh, and then we have Panther City at Vancouver, which I believe is the TSN game of the week this week. Uh, and then on Saturday, 7 o'clock, we have your Calgary Roughnecks at the Rochester Nighthawks. And then we have my Philadelphia Wings at our New York Riptide. Good matchups across the board this week. To, to kick things off. We'll start with Saskatchewan and Halifax, though, Deej. A lot of new faces for Saskatchewan. Halifax looking to get over some some humps that they need to uh, when it comes to postseason time. Not great that they have two big-time names going on, I believe, injured reserve or the pup list. Um, being Randy Stotts and Cody Jameson uh, to start the season. Not ideal. I know our good pal who we are working to get on the show as well, our boy Rosie, uh, is not thrilled that you know two big-time stars there are not going to be available for his Thunderbirds to start the year. Um, how do you feel about this game? Uh, you know, both guys with both guys on the pup list four days away. This was on the twenty seventh. They were placed so three days ago. They were placed on the pup list. Both Randy Stotts and Cody Jameson. Um, but Saskatchewan and Halifax at Halifax, how are you feeling about this game in terms of just, you know, overall vibes? What do you expect from both teams? And uh, what do you think some of the keys to success are? See, this is an interesting game. When you look at the guys that are on the pup list, that completely changes offensively what Halifax is going to try and do. I think they're going to look to slow things down and really take their time on the offensive end and be in a half field set and work the pick game, work the cuts and find easy buckets where they can. Um, but literally without those two, it's going to be a huge uh, uphill battle, in my in my opinion, on the offensive end. And Halifax is still trying to prove that they're near the top of the league after kind of drumming out toward the end of last year and everything they had going on. They're trying to reestablish being a top four Old East team and, and competing for a championship, really. Um, so they have to kind of reestablish that reputation. And Saskatchewan on the other end is really – trying to do the same thing, but they were on a much lower scale in terms of competition the last couple of years. So they're looking to make a much bigger step. But I think this is two teams that really have kind of nothing to lose heading in and everything to gain. 
Um, so it's just going to make for two teams going out and putting absolutely everything on the floor and is a fantastic way to open up the year. There's a couple guys on this Halifax squad that I am keeping a close eye on. Um, number one, I think he's potentially going to win transition player of the year, and I'm putting it out there right now before a single game is played. Ryan Tarafanko is going to have like a career year. That dude, friend of the program, so maybe there's bias, but genuinely one of the most talented lacrosse players, both box and field, uh, that you'll ever watch. Um, he's so fast. He's so crafty. He's physical. And I think his game is only going to elevate this year. Another year with the Thunderbirds for him. Uh, I think he's a real threat to win uh, transition player of the year this year. And you know who I'm also thrilled for? Our guy, Kirsty. Teammate of the year in the PLL, makes the Thunderbirds roster, has been the talk of the town with the Halifax Thunderbirds, and I think he's going to make a real impact, and I think him playing the box game this year is going to only elevate how good of a player he can turn out to be. It, it's one of those things. You see these American guys who end up playing in the NLL, end up playing box. You look at Matt Rambo a couple years ago. You look at Blaze Reardon now, like, it's unreal what some of these guys are able to do when they're playing year-round and playing different styles of the game. And I think it's only going to elevate Kirsty's game to another level that we haven't seen from him yet. And I'm, I'm very excited that he's with this squad. I think it's great for him. And I didn't necessarily know like what was going to happen through training camp and everything. I knew he you know, had the opportunity, but for him to get it is huge. He's only going to continue to shine as that amazing person he is and the personality that he has and that – will to be there to learn to grow to enjoy the time and for what it is he's one of those people that lives in the present and helps people around him live in the present so that's going to be huge for this team and then like you said i'm excited to see how it grows his pro profile as a player playing in these tight scenarios where you need great stick skills you need a lot of communication you got to be an athlete when you get a little more space going over to the pll it helps you grow and, and do things that you hadn't been doing before because you see something that you would have never seen before playing box because it just changes the way you view the game even as a coach I've I haven't played much box lacrosse but coaching more of it now I see things on the field that I wouldn't have seen before I was coaching box and it does the same thing for those players yeah and then you look on the other side a, a team that you know was on a dynasty run right when we started this podcast and then kind of have fallen back off and into the middle of the pack a bit. You know, guys have gotten older, guys have gotten traded, and it really is a new era with the Saskatchewan Rush. There's only three guys left from their championship runs on the roster, but this forwards group is what I'm looking at this year for them, not only in this game, but for the season as a whole. A lot of new faces led by Zach Manns, Patrick Dodds. You have Ryan Keenan back, Robert Church back, Mike Triolo in the mix. Like, this is going to be a very fun offensive team to watch. And sure, it's a lot of new guys, so you're going to have to get that chemistry down. But to have those two young guys, to acquire a Patrick Dodds, who was a dynamic player with Panther City, and then Jonathan Donville comes through, Callum Crawford comes through, and it was kind of just difficult to get him in the mix and, and really allow him to expand upon his game. So you trade him to Saskatchewan. Zach Manns gets traded in the Mark Matthews deal. To have those two guys now is kind of the the retooling and bringing in some youth to this Saskatchewan offense to go along with Ryan Keene and Robert Church and the rest of those boys. 
this offense is going to be really interesting to watch as the season progresses and, and just seeing how number two and number seven for Saskatchewan end up, you know, bringing a new era of, of offensive, you know, bliss and prowess to Saskatchewan lacrosse. I am so excited for the things that the, the green and black are going to do this year. Um, it, it's always tough coming back from being really good and then having drop-off years. But I think there's also an excitement in being that team or that group that does bring that franchise back to winning ways. Saskatchewan wants to be a part of that. You can see it from the top down. They're going out and getting players that you wouldn't expect them to get, going and making moves before anyone else is making moves. And then the whole mascot change the way that they've been on socials. I think all of that plays into how your team plays during the season. They see all of that. They feel like they're in a culture that wants to win and wants to be here. It translates to the floor. I think they're doing all the right things outside of the field and outside of the arena to put out a great product out on the floor and to win. And it's just going to come down to can they get out on the floor and actually win games? Because I think they're doing everything else that they need to. 100% agree with all of that. Plus, Big skigs, Frank Chiliano's in the mix there, along with Line Hruska uh, in net for them. So I like their goalie tandem a lot. Um, I think that's arguably one of the best one-two punches in the entire league um, for a goalie tandem. So very excited for, for Saskatchewan this year and seeing what they can do. And that's not to mention on defense, you know, Bobby Kidd the third back, Jake Mallory in the mix, Jake Boudreau, Adam Jay, who came over, I believe, in the Mark Matthews trade as well. Um, you have Keegan Bell in the mix coming over from Vancouver, um, Connor McClellan, Mike Mallory, Mike Messenger, who's one point away from 100 in his career, if I'm not mistaken. So a lot of fun guys on this roster of a team that I think is is a new look and not necessarily like the bad boys that they were when they were winning championships and the team that was very similar to the New England Patriots, where it was just like, here we go again. It's a Saskatchewan rush. You know, they went to four straight championships, win three out of four. I think this team is a lot different, and I think it's going to be a lot easier for NLL fans as a whole to just, like, enjoy watching them, and they're going to be a fun team to root for um, in 2023-2024. Then we have Albany and Las Vegas, two teams, I think, trying to find an identity. Um, Albany doesn't have a single player on their roster that is 30 or older. Um, they're going to be led on offense by Ethan Walker, you know, as kind of the the savvy quote-unquote vet. Um, Las Vegas kind of looking for that identity as well and, and trying to um, establish lacrosse in Las Vegas. Um, how are you feeling about this matchup uh, going into the weekend, Deej? This is a matchup that will set the standards for two teams moving forward for the entire year. It's crazy to say right away, but because of Vegas being a new team expansion and how pretty well they played last year, they're looking to be a San Diego, a Philadelphia, a, a Panther city who's making the playoffs relatively early in their career as a team who's looking to be a very good team and possibly be in those conversations of being one of the best teams in the league, even early on, they're looking to do that. They're making moves to do that. And, and they're trying to build off of the culture they built last year. 
Albany on the other end, it almost seems like the last few years, even when you look back at, you know, their time in New England Black Wolves and such, they are, they did the whole like completely turn over the new leaf and now they're all young. And when you have a young team, I'm going to relate this to basketball for a second, being here in Michigan, the Pistons, so much potential in the Detroit Pistons, but they're extremely young and you're seeing it play out. Some of it is Monty Williams as a coach, and I'll leave that alone. That's way separate conversation. But there's so much potential on this team, and they get in certain situations where you think they would know what to do, and they don't just because they're young. So they're going through those growing pains of playing in the NBA as a young team. I think Albany is going to run into a lot of that this year. If they win this first game, they're going to feel good and be able to squeeze out some tough games or be in some games that people think they shouldn't because of confidence. But if they lose this game, it's kind of the opposite where it might turn into a self-fulfilling prophecy where they're digging too deep into themselves instead of simply just playing lacrosse and looking at X's and O's. Yeah, I looking at Las Vegas's roster, I think when we did our, our preseason predictions, I kind of underestimated them a little bit. Looking at their roster, and sure, like they're in year two. They're still going to be those growing pains, still, you know, chemistry building and everything. But I'm just going to read off their final roster offense-wise, and you tell me if this doesn't sound like an offense that every team in the league should be terrified of. Rob Hellier, Thomas Vason, Casey Jackson, Jack Hanna, Dylan Watson, Sean Wesley, Charlie Bertrand, Carter Zavitz, Zach Greer. And then for transition, along with those those forwards, Blake Gibson-McDonald, Jacob Rue, Connor Kirst, Adrian Sorchetti, John Wagner, Reed Reinhold. That's a squad. That's a pretty good team. (laughs) That's a squad. And then here's their defense. Uh, All-name team, Griffin Hall, Tor Reinhold, Jake Saunders, South Jersey legend, Zach Cole, James Barclay, Jonathan Gagliardi, Eric Turner, Josh Jackson, and then your goalies are Joel Watson and Landon Gels. Like they got they got a nice little squad this year. They're gonna be fun to watch, um, especially on offense. And as we always do, salute to the Birdman Birdman number sixty one, Charlie Bertrand. Um Vegas is gonna be fun. I think they're gonna be one of those frisky teams that annoy a lot of squads, especially when they go to Vegas, that they're gonna have to be on their A game. They can't treat them as an expansion team anymore. And I think uh, head coach Sean Williams is going to really elevate what this Vegas Desert Dogs team is able to do uh, this season and especially in this game going up against an Albany squad that is very young, is in a rebuild year. Um, shout out to the boy Jeff Trainer making the squad. Um, but Albany's in a, a scenario where they're looking to just find that identity where Vegas is also doing that but also in a in a way where there are veterans on this team where they can win. And I think that's important for them. Um, so this matchup, I think it's going to come down to Albany's offense clicking, or I'm sorry, Vegas's offense clicking against that Albany defense um, that was so pesky. And, and, you know, Albany new captains this year because Brett Manny retires, Kieran McCardle retires, like you're losing big locker room guys. 
uh, for that Albany Firewolves squad. So we'll see how things play out with Albany in this one. Then we have Panther City in Vancouver. This will be a fun one. It's always been a fun one since Panther City's come into the league. Um, I'm just looking for good quality lacrosse in this game. This is one of those games where I want to be able to sit back and hope both teams just put a high-quality performance out there. New era of lacrosse for Vancouver out there. Um, they're trying to win. They obviously bring in Kurt Miloski. This will be his first game at the helm for the Warriors uh, at home, so it'll be a, a very rowdy environment up there with his first home game to kick off the season. And you're bringing in a Panther City team that was you know, very, very good last year. They play with a lot of speed. And it's going to be up to that Vancouver defense and, and that back end and net to really contain what Panther City is able to do with the speed on offense that they have, obviously led by producer Donnie and Callum Crawford. Yeah, give me just a second. I should have done this a long time ago, but this is a team I'm actually a lot of, very interested in with them taking good old Kurt Miloski off of our hands. Vancouver did a lot of they made a lot of moves over the offseason that kind of put them in a position to be successful. I mean, they kept Maddie Beers, they have Keegan Ball, rebounding, uh, rebowering. Adam Charlem Beatties is there. Kevin Crowley comes in. Owen Grant finally signs. Tyrell Hammer Jackson should be back. Kyle Killen, he should be back as well. You have Dylan McIntosh. I mean, I don't see how this team couldn't possibly be successful. I mean, I can see how they can't be. But Aaron Bold's back in net for them as well. There are a lot of good things when you bring in a coach like Kurt Miloski that you can make happen. And looking at who they're going against, Panther City, that's a tough first matchup. That's the biggest thing here is they're playing a team that has nothing to lose. And, like, Vancouver has a lot to lose. The fans were very worried about what they had going on last year. They had a lot to say. You bring in a new coach. You bring in new players. There's expectations. But – what helps Vancouver in this scenario is they did some Jersey rebranding. Rebranding helps. Not looking exactly the same helps. Having a little bit of feel good to you helps a lot. But Panther City is going to be a tough team to play this year. TK came in first year, set his culture. The next year they make the playoffs. The third year they're looking to keep moving up. So they're not going to be a team that's slowing down whatsoever. They are a freight train that is moving forward with no destination to stop at anytime soon. Interesting little note for Panther City on their practice squad. F this is fun, and I hope he gets an opportunity to play. Not that we wish for injury or anything, but I hope he plays well enough to get called up. Elijah Gash is on Panther City's practice squad, Teach. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, but, I mean, you got you got the Malcolm brothers with, with Panther City. You've got Phil Caputo back. you got Matthew Gaultier, Cole Pickup, the boy. Ty Thompson was traded there earlier this week. Uh, producer Donnie, obviously, like we mentioned, Callum Crawford, Ryan Sheridan, um, Jason Knox as well on offense. And then you have Pat Foley, Liam Patton, Connor Sellers, uh, Brent Mitchell, Evan Messenger, Ronan Push, Dylan Hutchison, Brandon Goodwin, Matt Hosick. And then Tony Malcolm, Josh Medeiros, Cam McLeod, Nick Damude, uh, in net there on the final two guys. But I think Panther City is going to be a very entertaining team to watch and should be a team that should be on a lot of people's radars when it comes to making a postseason push uh, for sure. And Vancouver with new leadership is going to be 
a very interesting team to watch to see how they perform because it's felt like, you know, for years that it's like, oh, this is Vancouver's year to get over the hump, and then it just never happened. We'll see if it can happen now with new leadership. Uh, and then the two games on Saturday, Calgary, your Roughnecks, Deej, at Rochester, taking on the boy Danny Lomas and the rest of the boys in Rochester. I don't know if Connor Fields is back yet or not from his injury that he sustained in the PLL playoffs. Um, but how are you feeling about this matchup between your Roughnecks and my league pass team of the year last year, the Rochester Nighthawks? I like this matchup a lot for my Roughnecks. When you look at the Rochester uh, Nighthawks roster, it is very similar to what they had last year, but still seems kind of shell-like. Um, obviously, Turner Evans is a big name. Curtis Knight, Connor Fields, Rylan Rees, Dan Coates, Ryan Smith, huge names. Rylan Hartley was great for them in net last year, but in my opinion, that doesn't stack up to what the Roughnecks have. I mean, I rolling through the names on the Roughnecks is insanity when you when you start to look at all sides of the ball, not even just offense. And they're poised to get back to a championship, possibly. I mean, they were constantly knocking on the door, being in the um in the Western Conference semifinal consistently. I mean, Jeff Cornwall's back, Tanner Cook, Eli Salama, Jesse King, Josh Currier, Shane Simpson, Liam LeClaire, Tyler Pace, Christian Del Bianco is back in the net. Justin Nasio is ready to take faceoffs. So you have Zach Currier, the do-it-all man, Thomas Hogarth, Hayden Dixon. And, I mean, that's just half the team right there. They're poised to do amazing things this year, and I just don't think that Rochester has enough after starting the year so hot last year and kind of keeping some of that momentum toward the end. I just don't think they're going to have quite the same season they had last year. Yeah, and I mean, I think this game, too, comes down to, and not that Rylan Hartley is a bad goalie, Christian Del Bianco is a top two goalie in the league, and arguably he's not two. Um, not two. But, I mean, you know, when you have somebody like Christian Del Bianco, when you have Zach Currier, when you have Eli Salama, um, the transition game alone is absurd for Calgary. Um when you have guys coming back, like you mentioned, and not even to mention he won't be in this game because he's on injured reserve, but you sign Logan Schuss in free agency. Um, there, there's a lot to like about this team, and there's a there's a guy on your practice roster that I like because his first name is my last name, so love that. Shout out to the boy Bennett Smith. Um, I think Tanner Cook's poised for a big year this year. He had a phenomenal season last year. I think he's only going to take another step forward. I think Rochester is going to be interesting to watch. You know, you lose a locker room guy like Paul Dawson. You lose Thomas Hogarth. Um, Connor Fields, who knows if he's ready or not. I'm not 100% sure at the time of this recording. But, you know, he's recovering from a big injury. And it, it's one of those things that you're going to need guys to step up. And I love the boy Danny Boy Lomas. But uh, – Rochester is going to be very fascinating to watch for sure. I still think they're a very talented team. I just don't know if they have enough week one to uh, go toe-to-toe with Calgary just yet. And then the final game of the weekend, Philly versus New York, where the boys, speaking of Philly, announced their captains today. And the second captain in Philadelphia Wings history 
in terms of the new Philadelphia Wings. The man, the myth, the legend, recurring guest on the program, longtime supporter of what we do here, not only at OTB, but as a company. That is Blaze Reardon will don the C on his chest for the Philadelphia Wings and your assistant captains, Ian Lord, Mitch Jones, Ben McIntosh, and Alex Pace. Four out of the five Wings captains this year, friends of the program. We love to see that. Congrats to all the boys. Congrats to Blaze, genuinely. Like, you know, I put I put it out from the Underground Twitter account. Like, Blaze from day one embraced Philly. He embraced the fans. He embraced the city. And there's nobody that wants to win for the city more than Blaze Reardon. So for him to be named captain, like he's he's the last guy remaining from that original Wings roster that came back in 2018-2019, which is crazy to think about. But he is the final guy that that is left standing uh, from that original Wings roster. And I think there's nobody more deserving and nobody more, uh, you know, that, that it fits more than for Blaze Reardon to have that C on his chest. He'll follow in the footsteps of Kyle Matisse, who is now with the New York Riptide, but congrats to the boy. I mean, huge congrats out to Blaze. He's done amazing things in both leagues and has been there to support us, and we've been there to support him. It's a fantastic friendship we've grown with him, so uh, I'm excited to see what he has as a captain this year. We know what he's going to do on the floor. You know kind of what energy he brings, but being a captain is a different responsibility, so he should continue to help the Wings move up in the ranks rather than down. He's a phenomenal person, so I expect him He's a huge to be a phenomenal person as well. Oh, yeah. Big-time culture guy. Like We talk to him about Austin Caught all the time, and, when, and he's like, that dude? That dude is our, our team, and, and he understands what it means to be a part of a team, so I think that's going to be huge for the Wings. Now, the Riptide. Really excited for John LaFontaine. Connor Kieran's going to be back. Callum Jones coming over in D is going to be huge. Ron John's going to have to step up. It looks like JT is going to play, so him and Damon Edwards together will be fantastic. Looks like Chris Gray is on the roster as well, only adding to this amazing offense that you know you have with uh, Kyle Matisse coming over. Brent Noseworthy is going to do some transition. You have Riley O'Connor, Jeff Teat, obviously, Larson Sundown, Max Wayne is going to play forward, question mark. I think and he's on the that? practice roster, if I'm not mistaken. I have their full final roster here. Word. And and uh, really excited for Mitch Wild as well, who should be an amazing addition. And and Bennett coming over from Rochester. I, I really like the moves the Riptide made. They're obviously looking to finally start competing as a team. So to open up against Philly is going to be bonkers. It's on ESPN too. So that's amazing. And these two teams, they don't hate each other, but they don't love each other either. So it's great. Oh, I can tell you, they hate each other. <laughs> I can tell you that for a fact, per sources. To me, it doesn't seem like they do. They either. hate they, each other. They now hate each other, and I'm here for all of that's, the That's been a year one of Riptide existence hatred, too. Um, because I was at the, the triad training camp that year, where it was Wings, Riptide, and at the time... New England Black Wolves, the Wings and the Riptide do not get along. Um, 
which is how it should be. Philly and New York should hate each other, and that's how it should be. It should be good, fun rivalries. Um, I believe JT was cut uh, in final cuts, so looking at their roster here, they're the Riptide forwards, Matt Anderson, Riley O'Connor, uh, Corson Keeley, Kyle Matisse, Jeff T, Larson Sundown, Connor Kiernan, and Austin Madronic, and then your defense, Kevin Brownell, Zach Deacon, Callum Jones, Brent Noseworthy, your guy, Deej, uh, Jack Kelly, not the Redwoods goalie, uh, Matt Bennett, John LaFontaine, Matt Marinier, who is like seven foot seven, uh, Damon Edwards, Mitch Wild, Andrew Borgatti, Jay Thornbear is back, Ron John, and then your goalies to start the year, Cam Dunkerley and Will Johnston, and then the practice roster is Colton Lidstone, Max Wayne, and Tyler Davis. And I'll pull up the Wings final roster as well for everybody uh, because I love the final roster for the boys. It's going to be a lot of fun this year with the Wings. Uh, your offense for the Wings, Taggart Clark, Blaze Reardon, Joe Resiter, it's Holden Katoni, Mitch Jones, Ben McIntosh, Tate Katoni, and Sam LeClaire. Your defense, Mitch Armstrong, Chad Tutton, Scott Dominey, Eric Shule, Isaiah Davis-Allen, Jackson Ganton, Ian Lord, Alex Pace, Marcus Minichiello, Ryan Wagner, and Mike McCannell, who was the big piece for the transition game coming over in the Trevor Baptiste trade. Uh, Jackson Ganton is a guy that a lot of people are saying is like one of those diamonds in the rough, sneaky type of guys, and he beat out Alex Krepensek to get on the roster. So that tells you something there that uh, – Paul Day and the rest of this team believes in Jackson Ganton. And then your goalies are Zach Higgins and Deacon Knott. Uh, Jack Jasinski also made the practice roster for the Wings. So a lot of fun stuff um, for the Wings. It's it's a lot of put up or shut up for them this year in terms of consistency. And the defense is going to have to play stellar because you know the offense right there with those guys that we listed have – at least 630 goal scorers in them if everything clicks. So we'll see how things play out in that game. Philly and New York is always good. Philly has dominated the series historically. We'll see if that continues uh, on Long Island as the, the Riptide get their first win against the Wings last year on the back end of a back-to-back -back for the Wings on Long Island. So Wings looking for some revenge there. Um, but before we get to our picks... The NLL announced a partnership today with Marvel, which is so on brand for the boys, which means we're doing a Squire Sixes for lacrosse and Marvel crossovers. This is a new multi-year program uh, that will feature current NLL stars in custom comic books. The comics will be distributed at Marvel Superhero Theme Nights throughout the NLL season. Um, the central theme of the collaboration the history of lacrosse will be at the core of a custom comic book written by Paul Allor in close collaboration with the NLL's indigenous consultants drawn by indigenous creator, Sean B. Yale. Apologies if I mispronounced that and a cover by J L Giles. This is awesome. I sent this to Deej and we both lost our minds. Everybody is so excited about this online. Um, the custom comic book, will only be available at the designated superhero theme games every NLL team will host each year of the program. 
Same core story will be offered in each market, and Marvel will produce variant covers featuring star players from every NLL team that will be given out at their respective games. I'm just saying I will 1 billion percent be in attendance for both the Riptide and the Wings uh, games for these because I need those covers. Um, here are the games, though. It starts in March, I believe. Uh, there are actually, I'm sorry, it starts in February. There are a few February games sprinkled in here, but the Albany Firewolves, your game is Saturday, March 2nd. The Buffalo Bandits, your game is Friday, March 8th. The Calgary Roughnecks, Friday, March 22nd. Colorado Mammoth, your game is Saturday, March 2nd as well. The Georgia Swarm is Friday, April 19th. The Halifax Thunderbirds, your game is Friday, February 16th. The Vegas Desert Dogs, yours is Saturday, April 13th. The New York Riptide is Saturday, February 10th. Panther City, yours is Sunday, March 3rd. Philadelphia Wings is Saturday, March 2nd, which that game is a 1 p.m. Eastern time game for all our Philly fans. Uh, Rochester, your game is Sunday, April 21st. San Diego, yours is Friday, February 23rd. Saskatchewan, your game is Saturday, February 24th. Toronto, your game is Saturday, March 23rd. And Vancouver, your game is February 10th, which is a Saturday. Deej, let me hear your excitement. Dude, that wasn't very exciting. <laughs> no, but I, I honestly can't wait for this. I'm ready to see the variant covers. I'm ready to see kind of how the theme nights go and what that's going to look like, what characters they decide to, you know, put star players in to create this Marvel. Are they going to come up with new ones? Like, they're going to create like these special NLL Marvel superheroes, or are they just going to like slap Trevor Baptiste's head on T'Challa's body? Like, I just want to see what things look like. And then the energy at these games, I can't imagine what those are going to be like, how the teams buy into this, like not only like the teams and their social media as a whole, but do individual players try and do anything? We need Marvel this? jerseys. That would be sick. And, like and theme yes. jerseys, yeah, or just like Marvel merch drops as well, like getting with individual players and putting together some things that could come out and, and be lines of like an NLL Marvel collab would be crazy. And if you can throw vans in there too, because they've already got some stuff with Marvel, you got all my money. I'm stoked about this as a Marvel junkie, as somebody who's read the comics, who has watched the movies and shows, and is just like so Marvel pilled at this point. This is like the, the meeting of the minds of like two things I love. Um, so I'm very excited for this. But we're going to do a Squire Sixes. It's been a while since we've done one of these um, where Deej and I are going to come up with our best lacrosse Marvel crossovers to which I kind of uh, am just thinking either player meets hero or team up or that player is the superhero which is how i kind of approached it um dj i forget who went first in the last one so i'll give you the honors you can go first or you can go second i'll take second in this one so my first pick um it's kind of obvious it's his nickname already i need a tom schreiber as captain america comic cover more than i need oxygen to breathe this has been uh, over a decade in the making of Tom Schreiber as Captain America. And uh, I need 
him on a, a cover holding that shield going to to whatever as Captain America. Tom Schreiber as Captain America is the clear-cut choice 1-1 one, one pick. I'm glad our 1-1 one, one picks were so very different because I wasn't even thinking about the simplicity of Tom Schreiber being Captain America. I was going with uh, you won't ever guess this, and I don't think anyone else would ever guess this. My number one pick, not clear as day, took me a little bit of time to get there, Killmonger. But I don't know what player I would make Killmonger. That's the tough part. Um, Give me a second. I kind of have one in mind. Yeah. Austin, stats? No. It might surprise you. Probably. It's Dane Smith. I'm here for that. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Dane, Dane Smith, Smith is Killmonger plays. There it is. So there is your 1-1. One, one. Uh, my next one, this was the one that I said is like, I'm so proud of this one. Because tell me, you couldn't see friend of the program, now with the Colorado Mammoth, Paul Dawson as the Sorcerer Supreme Doctor Strange. You know what's crazy? Is I have Doctor Strange on my list at my number two, <laughs> but it's not Paul Dawson. <laughs> but tell me that's not like you couldn't see Paul Dawson with the Eye of Agamotto around his neck, the the cape doing his thing. The cape is Dan Lomas. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> and the Eye of Agamotto is, is Jonathan Donville. Uh, Paul Dawson is Doctor Strange is my number two pick. My number two is also Dr. Strange, but it's somebody that seems timeless in, in the way that he plays. And I only say timeless because even though he's sort of young in the professional vector, it doesn't seem like he's going to quit anytime soon. And he literally does everything. And that's why I picked Dr. Strange because Dr. Strange can do so many different things in so many different timelines. Zach Courier. Ooh. I like that. Uh, My next pick. This one's fun. It's because he's the young bull. He's a baby face. And what baby face superhero is there, Deej? It's Peter Parker. It's Spider-Man. Give me Dyson Williams as Peter Parker, as Spider-Man, slinging webs, saving the city because Dyson Williams is coming in to save the Albany Firewolves. Give me Dyson Williams as Spider-Man. Wow. Okay. I actually like that a lot. I like that a lot. Wow. That's sneaky, low-key. That one's sneaky. And it fits because his college team is blue, his pro team is red. You got the black in there, too. You got the black suit Spider-Man. 
I like where you went with that one. This next one might actually surprise you a little bit. I went with Vision. Ooh, I like this. Vision's one of my favorite Marvel characters because I feel like he's so underrated. This guy is, this is why I might surprise you. This guy is opposite of underrated whatsoever. But Vision brings skills to Marvel that Marvel hasn't seen with anyone else. One of the generational talents that we have not seen that brings a skill not only to the NLL, but also to the PLL that no one has seen before is Jeff T. I okay. I like that. I like that. And I'm sure Jeff T would like that too. Jeff T is the number one Marvel lacrosse player fan ever. Um, so Jeff T is vision. I like that a lot. That is a, a very fun crossover there uh my next one stays in the spidey verse i don't know if you're gonna see this one coming but he's one of those players that we have been fans of he is a homie a friend of the program a listener of the program uh and he is one of those guys that you absolutely love when he's on your side and you hate when he's playing against your team therefore making him an anti-hero just like my favorite marvel character venom Chase Fraser as Venom. I like Chase as Venom a lot. And like that's that's very personified. Like that fits Chase to a T. Imagine the symbiote taking over Chase Fraser. You got some sneaky picks over there. You you got some sneaky. This is my Marvel pill meets my lacrosse pilled brain. Yeah, I you're putting it together over there. (laughs) Call me think, Nick Fury because I'm assembling a team. I don't think anybody <laughs> over here, nobody could do this like us. Our our Marvel teams would be everybody's Marvel team by far. Yes. My number four is another one that you probably won't expect. They're newer to the Marvel scene. I went with Professor X. Okay. Somebody we're who going, knows we're going a lot. New but old. I like this. New but old. Somebody who knows a lot is doing the thing. And and I say new but old because there's nothing new about this person, but where they're playing, they're an old guy and they've been doing it for a long time and they're still not missing the mark. Mark Matthews. Ooh. Coming in at Professor X. Mark Matthews leading leading the mutants up in Toronto. Yes, sir. The only thing new about him is where he's playing. That's fun. That's fun. I like it. Mark Matthews might have to shave your head now, but. <laughs> I don't think he's going to do that one. Nope. The, let- the lettuce is going to stay. <laughs> um, My next one just popped into my head now because it is extremely fitting. It goes. No, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that one. I'm going to save it. Actually, I'm going to remix it. I'll tell you who it was initially, but I'm going to read my, my next one is the new black Panther, the new T'Challa. It's Latrell Harris. Ah, okay. Treasy as T'Challa just makes too much sense. He's a peacekeeper. He's a curator of vibes, but he's going to go all out to defend his squad. Just like T'Challa does to defend Wakanda. Give me Treasy as T'Challa. But I'll tell you who I initially was going to have trees. Yes. Baron Mordo. Whoa. Okay. Okay. I could see either one. 
but I went with Black Panther because I think Treasy could hold that mantle. Absolutely. It takes a special person to hold that mantle, and, and Treasy is, is more than special. Number five, one of our favorite villains from all of Marvel, Kingpin. Ooh. A guy that just does his thing the way he wants to, has plenty to say, but it's because he can back it all up. One of the best between the pipes has to be a leader, and that's why I picked Kingpin to be between my pipes. It's Christian Del Bianco. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, My next one. There's two heroes I could see him as. One fits his name. The other fits his play style. It is the new captain of the Philadelphia Wings. It's Blaze Reardon. Now, you could go basic, and you could you could pair him up with the Human Torch. But, Blaze being a forward in the box game, a goalie in the field game, who's got two different personalities and two different approaches to this Marvel Universe just like Blaze does to lacrosse. Sign me up for Blaze Reardon as Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk. Bro, why you gotta do that? You keep putting people on the same that I do, except I didn't have Blaze. I have Hulk, who's coming in as my next pick as well. It's also somebody who has two different ways of seeing things. Or I shouldn't say that. They're, they're two different people, and that's why I went with Hawk for this person because I believe off the field, this person might be one of the most generous, nicest, best, awesome personality guy, but when he puts on pads and he walks out in a field, I'm terrified, and I know other people who play against him have to be terrified. It's Graham Hasek. Mm. I like that. He could also fit the Professor X bill with that with that shiny dome. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> those are our six. We'll do one honorable mention because you know we love a good post credit scene in the Marvel universe. Uh, and DJ, good thing your, I was prepared. Because who's your extra I'm pick? Gonna, I'm going to be that Marvel movie that has two post. Edit, okay, post. he's got, he's got the mid credit and the post credit scene. Buckle yes, up, stay until the lights come on. I got two honorable mentions. I'll start with the first one. I went with Daredevil, and this okay. was somebody who just takes chances, but knows where things are and knows how to handle things, knows how to handle every situation because they've been living that way their entire life. And most of this was about the taking chances part. I went with Latrell Harris for Daredevil. I think I feel like that's a defensive position. You got to be ready. You got to know what's going on and you got to have eyes in the back of your head and be able to communicate without always talking. Luttrell does a great job at that. And my other honorable mention to close everything out, I went with Punisher. Okay. Newer TV show to the Marvel scene. But if you watch Punisher, the movie or the show, you'll realize he's one of those guys that like you look at him and you're like, Oh, like just a normal guy. Not going to do too much. Not a big deal. Like, Leave him alone, and he'll leave you alone. I went with Connor Kieran from the Riptide. 
Okay. Because he doesn't look like he will do any of the things he does to you. Like, I know. I, I like all that. The time, what made me think of that was that picture he put out before the this season, either last year or the year before, where he looked like somebody's 40-year-old dad just chilling <laughs> at training camp. I was like, this dude doesn't look like he would do anything to you. And you give him any slack and he'll drop a hat trick on you like it's nothing. You know what we need now? We need Connor Kiernan to recreate the video of the Punisher Say no, 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 no. Please <laughs> need it. Uh, my need it. <laughs> my alternate picks. Um, this one's going to be very fun because this hero wears sunglasses. He's got the drip, and he's got he keeps that motherfucking thing on him, just like this player does. Give me Trevor Baptiste as Blade. Oh, I almost picked Blade, too. Oh, bro, that's such a good pick. I was because this you're telling oh. me Trevor in, in them, them Speed Johns as Blade? Good night. He is Blade uh, 110%. And then my final pick Uh as an honorable mention, he has been playing nonstop lacrosse for almost four years. He's been on his feet, just an absolute dog. He plays with that finesse and that skill and that precision and accuracy that makes you drop your jaw just like we did in the comic books, just like we did in 2008 when the first movie dropped. As the original Avenger, not the first Avenger, the original in the MCU. As Iron Man, give me Josh Byrne. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Okay. I kind of stayed away from all the big, big names. Marvel guys outside of like Hulk, but give me Josh Byrne as Iron Man because he literally is an Iron Man. Um, and I think it's pretty obvious that Thor is Connor Farrell. No notes. (laughs) We we didn't have to do that. That was self-explanatory. Yes. Um, let us know your Marvel lacrosse crossovers in the comment section. We want to see them all. If you want to make fan art, we want to see it all. All of it. And there's there's some characters we left out that are, are big time. You know, who's who's your Wolverine? Who's your Deadpool? Who's your Guardians of the Galaxy? Let us know in the YouTube comment section. And big ups to the NLL and Marvel for this crossover because this is awesome. This is an organic and amazing way to grow the game. Um, very excited for this collaboration for years to come. Deej, without any further ado... It's been a long time. It's been about two months, almost three. But it is time to head on back to the pick pond. That sweet, sweet feeding the ducks music. It is NLL week one picks it a week powered by our friends over at Kenwood beer, the official beer partner of the outside the box podcast and of underground sports, Philadelphia kind of stealing this mantra from our pals at get in the hole all of our picks it's beer money week 
you can tail our picks like we've seen many people do in the past and uh, win some beer money with our picks, tail our picks, uh, ride with us, or fade us. Who knows? Maybe we go on a cold streak. But I doubt it because we have some of the best pick percentages in lacrosse when it comes to the NLL. Uh, go to KenwoodBeer.com. It's 4.1% ABV, just 120 calories, only 8 grams of carbs. Deej, my pint glass came in today, and that thing is a beauty. The Kenwood pint glass is available on their website. I also got my Kenwood Beer trucker patch hat, which is clean. Uh, it's the best beer out there. Deej will attest. He's not the biggest beer guy, but Kenwood Beer is at the top of his list. No notes, hands down. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny Finder. See who's got it on tap in the Pennsylvania. That's Philly and Pittsburgh, New Jersey, and Maryland areas. Must be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Deej, we've got five games on the docket. We start with this one, the big one, the game of the week on Friday. It's the Thunderbirds hosting the Saskatchewan Rush. How do you feel about the first game of the NLL season in 2023-2024. This is such a tough one. Like, yikes, dude. I have to go based off of off-season moves and trends toward the end of last year, which puts Halifax in a very tough position with me. They did not make smart moves at the end of last year in the trade deadline. They started to lose tread and started losing games that they shouldn't have lost, which means they have, in my opinion, a lot more work to do than Saskatchewan, who has a lot of new faces, but a lot of old faces as well. When you put a guy like Frank Skiggs between the net and you have Messenger at the faceoff stripe, that almost neutralizes Jake Withers and Warren Hill on the opposite side, which means everything else comes down to forwards and defense. I feel a little bit better about Saskatchewan's forwards and defense than I do about Halifax, especially without um, Stotts and oh, who's Cody the Jameson. And Cody Jameson. I, I, I don't know if I can go with Halifax to win this game. I like I like Saskatchewan to start one and zero, even though I don't pick Saskatchewan often. I like Halifax in this game. Because of home floor advantage, because of their transition game with Withers, with a guy like Graham Hasek on defense, with Warren Hill, with Ryan Tarafanko, and they still have some dogs. Tyson Bell is back. Austin Shanks is back. Like They still have guys who can score, who can perform for them. Uh, Bo Bowhunter, I think, is poised for another you know step forward in his career this year. I like what Halifax is putting together and kind of, you know, their culture and, and kind of moving on from some of the bad off-season moves the past couple of years, or I should say in-season moves. Um, I'm going to take Halifax. I think this is going to be a back-and-forth game like it always is, and I'm excited for this one. This is like locked and loaded. Get your popcorn ready for the season to start. What a way to start the NLL season, but I'm going to go with Halifax. Deej has Saskatchewan. Then we move to 10 o'clock Eastern time. Get your caffeine ready. Uh, it's Albany and Vegas, the adjective canine bowl. Um, I'll say it right now. I'm taking Las Vegas. I like this team. I think they're going to be very fun. 
I think the offense has so much firepower. And I think their transition game is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I think they start off the season 1-0. Give me the dogs at home. Look at us starting opposite of each other for the first two games. I am totally kidding. I am taking Las Vegas 100%. I think Albany is just a little too young. They lost some key guys with Brett Manny and, and Kieran McCardo retiring, not only on the floor, but also in the locker room. All of that matters. And I like Las Vegas to continue the trends that they started last year. And with some of the names they brought in, this team should poise to be better than they were last year. I like them to start 1-0. Then we move to the other 10 o'clock game, Panther City, Vancouver. In Vancouver, the start of the Kurt Miloski era for the Warriors. Deej, how do you feel about this one? A lot of turnover. A lot of new things going on in Vancouver. New jerseys. It makes you feel good. You're at home. But you're playing a team that feels really good about themselves. Two years in the league, they had an okay first year, and they bust out and make the playoffs the second. TK feeling like coach of the year again, even though he only won it once. The dude knows what he's doing down there, and he's got a group of guys that believe in him and believe in each other. I like Panther City to go on the road and come out victorious week one. I also agree that uh, it will be panther city taking home the dub i like just the culture that tk has in place with panther city i like a lot of dudes on that team also for everybody out there don't be alarmed the vancouver warriors have changed their twitter handle it's no longer uh at nll warriors it's at van warriors i was very confused for a hot second um but yeah don't be alarmed if you can't find them it's because they changed their twitter handle um, also, I don't think Vancouver changed their primary uniforms. That's just their practice uniforms, but I want that to be on a hat ASAP. Please need it. Um, need that. Um, but yeah, I like Panther city to, to get a win and, and welcome Kurt Miloski to a new city. Um, and kind of just, you know, figure some things out. There's gonna be growing pains. That's what happens with, uh, teams looking to, to find their identities and directions. Then we move to Saturday night, bro. It's Saturday night in a world of possibilities. Shout out to the Arkells. Deej, your Calgary Roughnecks at the Rochester Nighthawks. I mean, self-explanatory. I'm taking my Roughnecks. It's no question. The offense, the defense, the transition are all loaded. And when you got CBD behind all of that, it's tough to beat that team. And Rochester's going to be an interesting squad this year. I don't know what to expect from them based off of how hot they started the season last year and then how cold they ended it. And then, you know, the pieces that they lost, especially Thomas Hogarth coming over to us. Love that for one. Him, you know, kind of just being like, hey, you guys are great, but I'm over here and I'm going to score on you a bunch. Definitely expect to see that happen this weekend. I like my Roughnecks starting the year 1-0 and establishing dominance against this Rochester team. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think Calgary's loaded. I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with this season and uh, just continuing on that trajectory. But it is going to be interesting with a new head coach in the fold to see how you know things play out with a new coach at the helm. Uh, but I do like Calgary to win this game. Then we move to the final game of the weekend, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on Long Island. It's the Wings. It's the Riptide. You already know where I'm going. I'm taking the Wings simply because they're offense. That offense is loaded top to bottom from Blaze to Mitch Jones 
Ben McIntosh, Joe Resseterrets, the Catoni brothers, Sam LeClaire. The offense is just like that goes toe to toe with just about any offense in the league. Like you can make that a, a top three squad between Toronto, Buffalo, and the Wings on paper. And I don't think anybody's arguing with you about that. It's going to come down to the defense and the transition game as a season-long type of situation. Um, I love Zach Higgins in net. I think he's playing with a chip on his shoulder from this top 50 list that coaches and GMs didn't list him in the top five, which is crazy, I think, to both of us. Um, so Higgy playing with a little adversity. Fire me up. Give me the wings to get a opening weekend win. I love the moves the Riptide made. Offense got tremendously better. Defense picked up some pieces. This game's going to be a lot closer than I think some people will believe because even looking on paper, Philadelphia seems to be leaps and bounds better than the Riptide, but the Riptide are going to show up. And they're going to play. They're going to play hard. There's some emotion already tied to this like we talked about earlier. It's going to be close, but the Wings will come out on top because they simply just have too much on offense. So there it is, everybody. Your week one NLL picks of the week. Your beer money picks brought to you by Kenwood Beer. DJ has Saskatchewan. I have Halifax. We both have Vegas and both have Panther City. And we both have Calgary. And we both have the Wings. So our week one will come down to the first game of the week. And then we'll be on the same rooting sides there. Uh, those are your NLL week one picks of the week powered by Kenwood Beer. Before we transition to the PLL hot stove, just a couple more NLL things. One, got to give the Flowers a shout-out, congratulations, and a well-deserved honor to friend of the program, the one, the only, Robin Brown, formerly of the New England Black Wolves, now with the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury in the NBA and WNBA, respectively. Named to the Forbes 30 under 30 list alongside, I don't know, Anthony Edwards, Ronald Acuna Jr., Robin Brown named to the Sports Forbes 30 under 30 list. She's one of my best friends ever since I started covering this sport, and my guy Tyler Brocious started a beef with OTB from the New England Black Wolves Twitter account because we all picked against them and they ended up winning the game. And that started just a, a ripple effect of having uh, an amazing relationship with so many people that work for that team, from Tyler to Jen Hildebrand to Amber Cox to Annette Hogan, who is also now working for the Phoenix Mercury and the Phoenix Suns. Shout out to another homie and soon to be friend of the program she's a longtime listener um and of course robin brown robin's a, an absolute rock star the the way that she pays attention to detail at her craft day in and day out is so admirable i i look up to her in so many ways when it comes to the content game and just content creation the way that she does it she is a diehard, dedicated worker, and there's nobody more deserving to be named to this list than Robin Brown. I couldn't be happier for her when I when I saw that you know people were posting about. It, I was like, what? That that's my friend. That's my friend on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. It is like one of those like out of body experiences where you're so happy for somebody, 
I couldn't be more proud of her. Um, and she will be making a return to the pod very, very soon. We're working on locking in a date, but we will have Forbes 30 under 30 list member Robin Brown returning to OTB very soon. Um, but I just had to give her her flowers there because it's so well-deserved. Um, and I do have to say this. Um, now that Annette Hogan is working for the the Phoenix Mercury in particular, and Philadelphia does not have a WNBA team, I have an allegiance to announce officially on the pod because sources were saying that it would be announced on this podcast. Until Philadelphia gets a team in the WNBA, I am rooting for the Phoenix Mercury. Okay. I have a WNBA squad that I will be rooting for. WNBA and NLL have so many crossovers as well. We talk about the WNBA a little bit on this show because of Robin and Annette in particular. Um, but I have an allegiance, official official statement from the desk of KB from the Outside the Box podcast. The Phoenix Mercury are my WNBA squad until Philadelphia gets a team. Okay. I'm here for that. I like that. Shout out to Robin. She absolutely 1,000% deserve everything she has coming. She's worked so very hard, and and you see it with all the work that she puts out, um, not not even weekend, day in, day out. Mm-hmm. She, she works hard, and this is the kind of thing you get when you work hard. It's deserving. And to see her transition, like shooting NLL and creating content for lacrosse is one thing, but to – have a seamless transition to basketball and almost get better is crazy. And that's what I've seen her do just through Twitter and and other uh, means of socials. And when I do happen to catch a game or see a a media package from a WNBA team, more specifically Phoenix, her stuff is in there and it looks well. So shout out to her and don't worry. Your time is coming. You got 10 years to be 40 under 40. I need it. I need it. We going to get you there. The we 40 under 40 would be would be lit. crazy. Crazy lit. Um, but yeah, I mean, Robin had a background in basketball, um, and she used that to to learn the NLL game. And she said that when she came on the pod, like when she realized that there were so many uh similarities to play calling and play dialing up of box lacrosse specifically to basketball it made her job that much easier with the black wolves and then obviously that transition to the connecticut sun and now to phoenix with the mercury and the phoenix suns so couldn't be more proud of one of my very best friends have so much love for her um and can't wait to get her back on the pod for the first time in video form because when she was on last time it was just over the phone on a phone call because we didn't have video means yet um that's how long it's been since robin's been on the show long overdue um, but congratulations to one of my very best friends and a dear friend and colleague in this media game, Robin Brown, Forbes 30 under 30. And again, shout out to Annette Hogan now working with her bestie. We are like the three best friends that anyone could ever have, the three of us. Um, and then, Deej, we got to pick our league pass teams. We obviously still need to think of a name for league pass, but... This is one of those things where Deej and I have either come to terms on a team together, and it is a pod pick for a league pass team, or we each have our own individual squads where, you know, Deej has his 
New York Riptide in the past. I was rocking with the Rochester Nighthawks. I pulled out the jersey last year. I don't have a jersey to put on this year, unfortunately. Um, you know, my Colorado Mammoth that dates back to year one of the pod and then finally raising the banner. Um, so those are our teams, like, always. Like, obviously, I have the Wings. D just picked Calgary as his team. But, like, he's got the Riptide in his back pocket. He's got the Wings in his back pocket. He's I've got the Mammoth in my back pocket. Rochester I'll always have so much love for because they made the playoffs. So, um, Deej, how do you uh, – how you feeling about a league pass team this year? Where where your allegiance is lying for 2023-2024? Um, this one we are not going to agree on, so we're going to have separate ones this year. And I did that purposely because I wanted to add a little something to this for us and, and give us that little extra fun to have. My league pass team is a team you absolutely hate. Oh, Christ on the cross. And I went with it because my boy plays there. So it's no reason for me not to go with them. You already know. I can see it on your face. My league pass team has the worst mascot in the league. They were the first team eliminated from your <laughs> state of the fandom last year. How yeah, could you do this to me? But it's so much fun for us to go back and forth and banter about how Jordan oh, is going to beat the Wings. God. 12-11 one of these weeks. Oh, uh, so, yep. The Georgia Swarm. I'm so disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. That's fine. It's, it's okay weird. to root for Lyle. It's okay to root for the boys there. But that team as a whole, come on. They don't even follow us on Twitter. I know. Pathetic. No. Principal Skinner from The Simpsons. Pathetic. That's why this is going to be so funny. <laughs> terrible. Terrible, terrible. Well, I'll have you know, my team is not in the old school Eastern conference. I'm going back and forth with two teams. I might have a one and a one a I do. I have two league pass teams officially, officially putting it on the record league pass team. Number one, who doesn't love a good rebrand? The Saskatchewan Rush, our league pass team number one. I love the new logo. I love the switch up of the offense with the young boys joining some of the old forces. I love the goalie tandem. I think they're going to be very fun to watch. League pass team number one, Saskatchewan Rush. Shout out to the Rush. Rush Nation, Rush Hulk, Grandma Rush, turn me up. League pass team number two. I rattled off their entire roster earlier in the show. And it made me say, this team's going to be very fun. And I did say, when we did our preseason predictions, I underestimated them a bit. I'm heading to the adjective canine pound, and I'm adopting the Las Vegas Desert Dogs as my League pass team number two. They can be OTB. We can share that one and then still have separate. Is that I'm, is that I'm pod cool team that. of the year? Is that I'm the cool. pod pick for league pass? I'm cool with that being pod pick, yes. So there it is. I'll write this down. Your personal league pass team is the Swarm. 
Mine is the Rush, which is Why very do I funny like because Calgary have some beef. They were in the same division. Yeah, I just can't remember if it's like legitimate or if it's just like oh we play. Yeah, because it's the uh, it's the Prairie rivalry. That's the usually the uh, St. Patrick's Day game. Okay, that see there we go. <laughs> um, and then Pod League Pass Team of the Year. The Las Vegas Desert Dogs. That offense is fun. Like Rob Hellier, Jack Hanna, Charlie Bertrand. Like a team is a lot of people are sleeping on them. And I think they're going to be very fun. There it is. Last year's league pass team of the year was the Rochester Nighthawks. This year, it's the Las Vegas Desert Dogs for the pod. Desert Dogs, how we doing? We're rocking with you guys. We want you to succeed. Looking forward to a strong year from my president, Charlie Bertrand. Um, I think they're gonna be fun. And Go who doesn't down. love Las Vegas? <laughs> who doesn't love Las Vegas? I haven't been, so I guess me. Neither have I. <laughs> okay, we still love Vegas though. <laughs> I mean, I think the Vegas Desert Dogs are going to be a very fun team this year. Plus, you get you get a, a, a cursed brother on the squad, too. Can't go wrong with a Kirsty. Can't go wrong there. Um, so, yeah, shout out to the Vegas Desert Dogs, the official OTB 2023-2024 League Pass team of the year, which means, Deej, we got to be locked in 10 p.m. Eastern time Friday night for the I plan Dogs on, and the Fire I mean, that's, Wolves. That's only going to be 9 p.m. Central time, because I'm going back to the city this week. Oh, this guy. <laughs> yeah, I'll city boy! <laughs> I'll be in Chicago this weekend. <laughs> when, speaking of, I need the Midwest NLL teams to come back. I mean, Minnesota, Chicago, Columbus, Detroit, give it to me. I would live at those games. Those are all pretty much driving distance, and we would have boots-on-the-ground coverage Almost week in, week out. So, NLL, Brett Food, you heard me. Brett Food, come on the pod challenge. ASAP. Need it. You know, this podcast is predicated on having the former NLL commissioner as our first ever episode. We need the new one on the on the pod. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think across the board, like, we need Minnesota back in the mix. We need uh, even, like, Indianapolis – in the mix would be yep, very they had a team. Indiana. I think they had a team at one point. Um, Michigan, obviously. Chicago, obviously. Back. Need that. That'd be fire. ASAP. Um, although it does feel like one of the next expansion teams is going to be Montreal. I wouldn't be surprised at that. Like, I know some people from Montreal from my college times, like a lot of hockey players who came down. Because um, my school had seven hockey teams between boys and girls. Um, and they said that they would make the drive from Montreal to Calgary to go ahead and see a game. And they enjoyed it that much that they're like one guy in particular. Like We watch games and talk about it from time to time. He's like, dude, they need to put a team in Montreal like now. Like I would have season tickets. I would go because there's almost nothing to do. But that is exciting. And the game of lacrosse is fun. So NLL, if you're thinking Montreal, it is a great option and you should do it. Like now, punch they 100% the are because of the the during the summer when they applied for the 
trademarks for like the French logo and everything. And then isn't there a Quebec team in the uh, unboxed franchises? I think it was yeah, it was so, like Montreal. They did a Montreal team or a Quebec team or one of those. Yeah, hundred percent coming there. And then we hundred percent need a team in Nashville. I would be here for a team in Nashville. Actually, the guy, my friend who got me into lacrosse, his mom moved to Nashville, so that would give me more than one reason to go and visit. So yes, Nashville is like on my bucket list of cities to visit because I've just heard it's extremely fun. So yeah, let's do it. Um. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, too, we will be uh, talking about the the Seals docuseries next week. But we got PLL Hot Stove. And what better way to protect your eyes from that burning hot stove than with Tomahawk Shades, Deej? The best small batch eyewear in the game, from sunglasses to blue light plus glasses to those oh-so-necessary prescription lenses. And, of course, the ski goggles now back in stock for ski season Go to TomahawkShades.com or download the app in the App Store or Google Play and get your Tomahawk Shades today. Deej is rocking them on the sidelines always. I'm wearing them whenever I'm on the road traveling. I'm wearing the blue light glasses when I'm in front of these screens all the time, editing podcast episodes and clips, watching lacrosse uh, every single week, NLL, PLL, call it, whatever it may be. Uh, when you go to check out at TomahawkShades.com or in the app, Use promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's TomahawkShades.com or download the Tomahawk Shades app. Promo code USP for 25% off your order. PLO Hot Stove is here, Deej. And it got started with a trade out of the clouds. The Maryland Whip Snakes, which is still so weird to say. And the Boston Cannons swing a trade. That favors both teams, but I think you and I have different takes on it as well, where it may favor one team over the other. The Maryland Whipsnakes have acquired LSM, Matt Reese, from the Boston Cannons, along with some draft pick compensation, a 2024 third-round pick and a 2025 third-round pick from the Cannons in exchange for midfielder Connor Kirst and defenseman Bryce Young. Uh, Matt Reese, he's a Baltimore native, so he gets to go play for the hometown squad. Your thoughts, Deej, on this trade? Um, I think this helps... The cannons more than the whips, the whip snakes. I think Boston really, really runs away with this. Like looking at their roster, we talked about kind of the jumps they made as a team last year, getting up to second in, in, in the league. Their offense was stellar. I mean, Charlotte Beatties didn't play much, but when he did, he was there. He dodged well, moved the ball. Marcus Holman, Matt Cavanaugh, Asher Nolting, you know what you were getting with those guys. Chris Aslanian. And Matt Campbell popped off. Johnny D doing his thing as, as producer. And then you got Connor Kirsten now coming in, adding to Ryan Drenner in the midfield. That midfield is going to be crazy. You had two of the top three short stick D mids. You add Pat Aslanian and Jeff Trainer to that. Your defensive midfield is one of the best in the league. The defense was the question mark. 
Cade Rapp- Caveman Rapahorse came in, did his thing. CVR was amazing for them, helped in the transition game a lot. You pair that with Ethan Raw at the midfield or at playing LSM, it was fantastic for them. They were able to make that work. But on the back end, you constantly kind of rotated between Jack Kilty, Jake Pulver, and Max Wayne. Jack Kilty was pretty consistent. You left him out there. He started to come into himself as a player, but that third D spot was kind of just left open. That's not the case anymore. Bryce Young is immediately filling that spot. Immediately. He's he's your lefty that, that they're going to throw out there. They're going to keep Jack Kilty out there at right, and then they probably leave K. Van Rappahorst down low, and then you run Jake Pulver out of the box with Ethan Rawl at LSM. Max Wayne is probably your fourth defender. And then you get to play around with the midfield and have fun everywhere else because your team is good now on the defensive end. You know what you're getting in in the other curse brother in, in uh, Colin and Nett. So everything else is now solidified for this Boston team. And I think they take a huge step kind of getting that back end together. There's no more questions about who's playing where and how they're going to play. Once they get through the adjustment and the chemistry pieces of a defense, they're going to be just fine. But that doesn't mean that the Whip Snakes didn't fare well in this trade. I mean, Matt Reese is going to help a lot because he'll probably be able to play a few years longer with Michael Earhart possibly not coming back this year. And if he does come back this year, it might be his last year. I mean, we don't know how much longer Earhart's going to be around. So to have a guy like Matt Reese there, and you still have Colin Swires and, and, and Elijah Gash for basically what you got is a one-two punch in Earhart and Reese that are on the older end that Squires and Gash can watch and learn from and have there to ask questions and point things out so that when they hand them the keys, it's almost a seamless transition. And the LSMs for the Maryland Whipsnakes continue to be Maryland Whipsnakes LSMs that are ready to play. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean... Colin Squires was phenomenal when Michael Earhart was out, and that's the homie, and we we love Colin Squires on this show. Um, he's a dog, um, and I think he's only going to continue to get better. Like He's proven that he is going to be on the trajectory of being one of the best LSMs in the league for a long time to come. And it's not like Matt Reese is old, per se. He's 29, um, so that also helps in terms of just like – getting a little bit younger there as well. You'll have a 29 and a 25-year-old LSM duo there if Michael Earhart does not return. Um, And you have a guy in Matt Reese who was on that chaos squad who won a championship in 2021 and, you know, knows what it takes to win. Not that the Whipsnakes don't, but you add more championship, uh, you know, blood to that locker room. I think that's a huge get for them. He gets to play for his hometown team. And we talked about it, well, you in particular talked about it last year, you know, is it time to break up this Whipsnakes defense? And the first time that the Maryland Whipsnakes step out on the field in 2024 will be the very first time that they don't step out on the field with Bryce Young as part of that defense. Um, I think the Cannons made out extremely well getting Kirsty as well in that deal. But I think the under-talked-about portion of this trade is the two draft picks. Draft pick compensation in the PLL is like dealing uh, beyond gold. And to get two third-round draft picks in 2024 and 2025 on the tail end of COVID years for guys, 
you're going to potentially get immediate help in depth positions for this Whipsnake squad that we've talked about it. A lot of guys getting older on that team. You're going to have to start replacing guys. You're going to have to start building more depth for your squad. Or you have ammunition to move up in either 2024 or 2025 with those picks, trading with another team to potentially move up and get a guy that you really covet, that you think fits your team really well, and give another team draft pick compensation as you move up in the draft. Jim Stagnitas talked about it a ton where they don't get to pick towards the top of the draft very often. They will this year, obviously, with where they finished, but they don't get to pick towards the top of the draft a lot. That's why they signed Will Manny in free agency last year to go get an immediate impact player for their offense. I think those draft picks are something we're going to have to keep close eyes on as this year's draft and next year's draft approach because I think one of two things. The Whips will either use them or use one of them, or Staggs has something planned in his brain, and he's going to use those as ammunition to go swing an even bigger trade uh, to improve this Whipsnakes roster for the now and the future. I think it's smart, smartest if he takes them and uses them. We've seen some of the better players that have come in and be impact players and really make a difference be third and fourth round draft picks. For example, last year, Cole Kirst was a third-round draft pick for the Redwoods and was probably their most beneficial or, or most impactful draft pick. And not because the other ones weren't good and didn't do anything, but he came in and made waves as a third-round draft pick. That's where and those one teammate of the year as a rookie. And, right, and that's where those pieces could be beneficial for an older team. Redwoods were an older team that wasn't super young, used all of their draft picks this year and saw some good things come out of that. Whipsnakes are a team we've talked about being on the older side for years now. They're going to need to start turning over some leaves and getting some younger players. The draft is a great way to do it because they're coming in full energy, ready to go, ready to be taught, ready to listen to everything everyone around them has to say. And you then get to almost mold them into your team's kind of player rather than getting them from another squad and, and having them mold into your culture. And sometimes that's tough, tougher to do with a guy who's already been playing rather than a rookie. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be fascinating with, with how Staggs approaches it and to have two third-round draft picks. And like you mentioned, those have been very beneficial picks for teams across the league over the past few years. In terms of impact, you know, I think Staggs has, you know, gold jingling in his pocket with those, and he can hold on to them. It's almost like Survivor, having the a hidden immunity idol or, or an advantage where it's like, I can hold on to this, I can tell people about it, or I can go and, you know, barter with it and improve in other positions, or I can move up and get a more impactful right-away player by using these to jettison me up the draft board. It's such a good position for him to be in as the, the head coach and GM of the Whipsnakes. So a great trade for both teams, but don't sleep on those two third-round draft picks being part of this. Um, because also, let's not forget, and of course, uh, Coach Holman was not the one who dealt the draft picks away, but the Cannons notorious for trading draft picks away. Let's see how that you know works out for them. It's not a first-round pick like it has in the, been in the past, but 
Cannon's got to learn to hold on to the draft picks sometimes because we know how valuable they can be. Um, but I love the pickups for them, and we'll see if uh, the short king hatred continues in Boston with Bryce Young. Man, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it changes. He's got maybe he turns know. over a new leaf. I don't know. There aren't too many short guys over there. So maybe not. Man, what if him and Gitz just get into a training camp fight? <laughs> no, goalies don't fight. Goalies don't fight their D. D men love their goalies. That's, that's not how that goes. Yeah, but we don't know about Bryce. He's like he's like a bull seeing red. <laughs> I mean, Kyle Burnlor wasn't that tall. He had no problems with Burnlor. Yeah, but let's see the height difference here. We're doing, we're doing, this is boy math for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, the roster here for the whips, Kyle Burnlore stands at five foot 10. He's above the short King trajectory because it's five, nine and below. Just it's, barely. Like the, it's like the sea bear in SpongeBob. He sees the, the circle and he's like, Arr. Um and then it's a circle, not an oval. Gets he's five nine. Uh oh, better start drawing that Bryce Young Seabird circle. Gets <laughs> that's the that's the goalie crease. It's the Seabird circle. <laughs> Don't step out of it. Um, I think also the big part of this too. Now that Bryce Young and uh, Connor Kirst are part of the Cannons, they're eligible for the championship series. It's true. That's true. Kirsty in the champ series. Him and his brother. I know Kirsty's playing for I know both of them are playing for Vegas and Halifax, so I don't know if they'll play, but man. If he was able to play, that would have been fun. But Bryce Young in Champ Series too could be very, very fun. I think he's a guy that would play really well in sixes and um hopefully his high school coaching commitments permit him to to play i know the season wouldn't have started yet but um bryce young and sixes is is a very fun thing you got assistant coaches it's true but bryce young and sixes is something that intrigues me a lot i don't yeah i just don't know what his short stick handles look like at all so that would be the interesting portion of that most i mean most deep holes can handle with a short but He's got the he's got the athleticism to do it. Oh, one thousand percent, one thousand percent. So let us know what you guys think about the whips and cannons trade. And speaking of the whips, we had breaking news today, as the drip snakes are back. Drew Snyder named Maryland whip snakes assistant head coach and offensive coordinator, taking over for Brian Grady. This is awesome. For the whips, this is something you and I have talked about a ton when it came to the now Denver Outlaws when they were the Chrome and having potentially Matt Donowski come in as a coach at some point if Sudo ended up stepping down, which doesn't look like he is for the time being. Um, Drew Snyder coming in, this is kind of unexpected. It felt like Drew Snyder was enjoying being back in Seattle in his retirement and, and doing his thing and, and growing, you know, the game out in Seattle. But now he gets to come home and coach the Maryland Whip Snakes and the offense. And our good pal friend of the program, Joe Keegan, pointed out, and I know this is a dagger through Redwoods fans' hearts everywhere, 
Drew Snyder's the one that drew up the play that ended up winning the first PLL championship. So he knows the game. He knows how to draw up an offense and, and call a game very, very well. Um, I think this is amazing for the league to have a young coach come in, and not that the coaches in the league per se are all old, but to have somebody who is you know, two years retired come in and has played in the league coming in as a coach is so cool. It's going to revolutionize coaching in a way that we haven't seen yet from the PLL um, simply because Drew Snyder knows how the PLL game works. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest piece is he's coming from a position where he's already played in this league. Like everybody who's coaching has played lacrosse, but they haven't played in the PLO, which makes it very different. And playing in the league and then taking that over to the X's and O's side is going to be electric. Like we saw what he did as a player to draw up a play and, and it worked to send a game into overtime that they ended up winning. I can't imagine what he's going to be able to do watching from the sidelines and being like, oh, if I put this player right here, it's going to work. 95% of the time. If I do this with this player, it opens up this, this, and this. His brain, when it comes to lacrosse, is so great. And, and it's so offensively gifted that this is scary for anybody who's not a Maryland Whip Snakes fan because they have a lot of weapons on offense, and he's going to be able to put them in winning positions over and over and over again. And the statement from Jim Stagnita said, uh, Drew's understanding of the team and capacity for winning make him an ideal addition to our coaching staff from the beginning of his professional career through our time together with both the Denver Outlaws and the Whip Snakes. Drew has earned respect through his accomplishments and ability to help make the players and coaches around him better. I look forward to seeing his excitement and innovations impact on our offense next season. I saw a very funny tweet. I forget who it was. It might have been Rosie, but I forget who tweeted it. Um, Denver Outlaws back and all their exes are getting committed because Drew Snyder links back up with the whips and Chris Cluche signs an extension with chaos through 2026. Amazing tweet. Shout out to Kluch. Well-deserved. Um, but this is an awesome addition to the whip snakes coaching staff. Super stoked for Drew Snyder. Um, and you know, now there's a, Two of his former teams will now be playing against him on his original PLL team as he played for the Water Dogs, played for the Outlaws in the MLL. So there's some Drew Snyder uh, rivalry beef there with the Whips, which is is going to be fun to uh, just watch him coach and, and go to work with this Whipsnakes offense and try to unlock something new with them because last year it felt like their offense at times got stagnant, it got stale. Um, and couldn't really move, and I think Drew Snyder is going to draw up some things to really get creative and, and show some things that we haven't seen in the PLL yet. I am already dreading the end of a Woods-Whips game that's close because he has he probably already has like 50 plays written up. It's like up the for war that. flashback yeah. meme. Bruh. And it's, it's already making... going off. It's already making new ones in my head. Like he already has like 50 plays for that exact moment. And and only against the Woods. Like the plays he has for those moments against other teams are not like the ones he has against the Woods. Mm -hmm. and, and it hurts. But I am very excited to see a struggling Whips offense return. Mm -hmm. They've been struggling for quite some time now. And I think a fresh offensive coordinator that knows the talents on the team and knows the league is going to be very good for them and brings them back 
to a top echelon team in the league. And I hate to say that as a Woods fan. I think he's going to unlock something in Tucker Dordovic too. Like, Tuck was great last year, but I think he's only, like, scratching the surface of what he's going to be able to accomplish at the pro level. And I think Drew Snyder is going to help unlock something in him, especially since Tucker kind of plays that hybrid, like, attackman midfielder role for the whips, which was what Drew Snyder did for the whips. Um, so I could see Drew Snyder taking him under his wing and teaching him the ways, and it's almost like Ang becoming the avatar. That's going to be Tucker Dordovic for the Whip Snakes with Drew Snyder as his mentor. And and I'm here for it. Tucker reminds me a lot of Tom Schreiber in the way he plays offensively from the top. And I think Drew can kind of see some of the same things and put him in a position to be a guy that is a, a three-point scoring threat to where you can't give anyone around him space and you can't help on him because he's just going to dice you up in the attack game, but you can't give him too much space to dodge because then he'll blow by you and score an easy one. But then you also have to give him just enough leeway to play his shot in the two-point arc because he can hit from there as well. So he's going to turn into an extremely dynamic player that's going to be very hard to stop. Yeah. Shout out to Drip Snyder. The Drip Snakes are back. Uh, we had another retirement in the PLL as the first goal scorer in PLL history has hung up the cleats. Bones Kelly announced his retirement. Um, I mean, you always remember the first. Bones Kelly was the first goal scorer in PLL history with the Archers. And uh, what a career for Stephen Bones Kelly. I mean, right off the face, never forget it. Won it, went down, scored, and that opened up the amazing things that the PLL has been. What a career from him. A little up and down once he got into the PLL. Started very high, dropped low, came back up a little bit, and kind of ended off on kind of a plateau. But, I mean, he did a lot of things for faceoff, did a lot of things for college lacrosse, pro lacrosse, in both the MLO and the PLL. And, I mean, he will go down in the record books because he scored the very first goal in PLL history. So he will forever be special to the game of lacrosse. That's something he can hang his hat on. Um but it's always sad seeing, you know, someone great leave the game. It happens every year because retirements happen every year, but it, it stings a little bit every year. And, and Bones is one of those guys that we talked a lot about kind of losing his edge and, and getting some short ends of some sticks and, and not, you know, being exactly what we thought he would be every year in the PLL but still a big name when it comes to lacrosse and still a guy that deserves every flower that he's going to be given. Yeah, I'm going to pull up his uh, his stats here. He was an all-star in 2018 in the MLL and in 2021 in the PLL. Um, Stats-wise for Stephen Bones Kelly in his career, um, he's going to finish with some of the best face-off numbers that you could hope for from a face-off guy of his stature, you know, never had a season under 40% at the stripe in his career. That's something to hang your hat on 100%, I think, at the pro level. Um, his best season, obviously because of more games, was his rookie year in the MLL um, where he won 54% of his draws, but PLL-wise went 48, 49, 46, 49, uh, and then 40% last year in just four games. But that's 
the epitome of consistent, I would say, across the board. You know, three seasons with the Archers, two with the Cannons, and then his rookie year with the Bayhawks in 2018. Um, finishes with averaging almost 53 ground balls a season. Over three, he finishes a, an average of 3.2 points per season. Almost averaged two goals a season for his career. Um, he had four goals in 2022 with the Cannons, which was his career high in a season. Um, I mean, to have that production, too, from your faceoff guy who's not known for being an offensive type of faceoff player, like a Trevor Baptiste, like a Joe Nardella, um, that's what you want. You want a guy who can be opportunistic there um, for you. And, I mean, his shot on goal percentage, not bad either. He's going to finish 65% shooting for his career. Um shot 86% in 2022 and 88% with the Archers in 2019. For a face-off guy, that's insane. Um, and, I mean, for his career, he's going to go down uh, 50% for his career. 601 face-offs one out of 1,202. To go 50% in your career, 22 points, uh, 344 ground balls in 55 games. It's pretty damn good. I mean, 50% is crazy. No matter what level you're playing at, 50% is good. And to do that for eight years, basically, that's consistency, like you said. And I mean, he was just a consistent guy. You knew what you were getting in him, a tough face-off athlete that could do a few things on offense, manage on defense long enough to run off and get in uh, matched feet with the other face-off guy so that you weren't in an odd number scenario. He did everything you asked and had a phenomenal career. It was short-lived. But it was enough to make a difference. Yeah, like, will he be a Hall of Famer? I don't know if he'll have the years to warrant it. But, I mean, the Hall of extremely good for his position, faux show. Like, 50% at the stripe for a six-year career is pretty fucking good. So, shout out to Bones Kelly. Congrats on one hell of a career, man. Um, and like we mentioned, Chris Cloutier signed through 2026. I feel like that was a no-brainer for Chaos. He's been so good for them, and Chaos just – keeping their guys locked in and the Carolina boy staying in Carolina shout out to Kluch. Um, well-deserved uh, for that contract for sure. And going to be a staple of the Carolina chaos for years to come. That's all we got a big old two hour extravaganza. The NLL is back. PLL hot stove is burning. I'm excited. We've got our league pass team and it's only going to get better. NLL, we have, was it 23 weeks, 22 weeks of just nonstop lacrosse action from here, from December to the beginning of June. It's going to be wild. Um, We got nonstop till August, man. Well, I'm saying NLL-wise. Oh, yeah, that's fair. We got nonstop till September because championship and playoffs. (laughs) December to September starts now. My inner Scott Get strapped, get strapped now. <laughs> Man, we're in for it. The day we get a red zone for lacrosse will be insane. It'll be the day all my prayers are answered. Seven hours of commercial-free lacrosse starts now. 
Starts now. The witching hour. <laughs> what would the witching hour of lacrosse be? The final like four minutes of a game. Maybe, maybe three or two. So much happens in a lacrosse yeah. game in that time. Uh, make sure you guys are following us at OTB Laxpod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads. Um, let us know your league pass teams on social. Let us know uh, in the YouTube comments section. Let us know your Marvel lacrosse crossovers. Uh, be sure to follow Deej on Twitter at SCS underscore next great and send him a hugging gif and tell him to get back on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at KBIZZL311. You can send me hug gifts too. Um, I am on Instagram as well, um, and I'm active on there. Tell Deej, get active, because he's got to accept collaboration posts. Uh, you can subscribe, and you should subscribe, to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your Spotify wrapped as well. We want to see those things. We want to see who the, the true diehard sickos are that finished in the top ten, top five, and top ones across the board. Uh, subscribe, 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 and leave a five-star review on Spotify because some dickhead left less than, and our Spotify rating is a 4.6 and not a 5. So be a friend, tell a friend, go leave a five-star rating on Spotify. But in the back of my mind, it's like, you know you haven't made until you got haters. And we got some haters, apparently. Man. I've had haters my whole life. <laughs> uh, go subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel as well. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show every single week. If you want OTB radio, you got to subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Get your merch, phiapparel.co, duck. Merch will be up hopefully very soon. Alaska Lacrosse Club merch coming. PHIapparel.co, code underground for 10% off your order. This has been episode number 299. The big 300 is next week of the allegedly award-nominated, honorably mentioned, number nine NCAA ranked, a top podcast for five of you, and, of course, viewable on YouTube, Outside the Box Podcast, the official lacrosse podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For Deej, I'm KB. Enjoy the NLL action. I'll see some of you on Long Island, and we'll be right back here next week breaking it all down. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here and signing off. Peace. Peace. Peace.